This morning we are concluding our series entitled, Why Worship? Uh, some of us have been coming to church our whole lives. For others of us, church is a relatively new experience. And worship is something that followers of Jesus have been doing for centuries. And what we've been looking at in this series is uh, exploring the purpose of why we meet together in this room week after week after week. Why do we do everything that we do here each week? Why come together as a community of faith to worship every Sunday? What is the purpose of worshiping together here? And for the first three weeks of our series on why worship, we've answered that question by saying that we worship to remember, we worship to celebrate, uh, we worship to give thanks. And this morning, uh, we're going to do something a little different in that we are creating space for us to remember who God is and to celebrate and give thanks for what God has done and is doing and will do. Uh, the scripture reader for this morning is Matthew Meyer, and Matthew, you can go ahead and make your way on up to the podium. And as he does, I'm going to ask that if you're able to please stand and face the center of the room. And the verses that we're reading this morning have been the theme verses that we've been sharing and keeping in front of us this whole uh, month. It's from Psalm 96. And, um, and so, and we stand here to hear these words because we believe this is the word of God. And so, Matthew, whenever you are ready, please read from Psalm 96. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that he is the Lord and he is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Bring your offering and come into his courts. Worship the Lord in all his holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before him. Matthew, thank you very much. Good job. You may be seated. And this morning I want to keep this passage in front of us and just focus on some of the key words in this passage, beginning with the word recognize where it says, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Now, if I were to give the most concise definition of worship that I have ever heard, that definition would simply be, worship is acknowledging God's worth. Simple definition, worship is acknowledging God's worth. And so the first step in worship is to acknowledge, or the word that the passage uses is to recognize. How often do we recognize God's role in our daily lives? Or another way of asking this question is, do we take notice? How often do we even notice God in our daily lives? You see, we are all very busy people, and it's really hard to notice when God is at work, because we're doing so many different things, and God is not an in-your-face kind of God. You know, there's a story in uh, the Bible about a prophet named Elijah, and Elijah goes to the mountain of God, and he is told that the Lord is going to pass by. And so there is um, this great wind, followed by a great earthquake, followed by a fire. 
But the scripture says the Lord wasn't in any of those things. Not in the wind, not in the earthquake, not in the fire. And then next came a whisper. A whisper. And the Lord was in the whisper. You know, every now and then, God will act in a big and powerful way in our lives. But most of the time, God's action in our lives is like a whisper. And God is very easy to miss. We live in a world with all kinds of distractions vying for our attention. And in the noise of all those distractions, God continues to whisper. There's a really, really good chance that Jesus worked in your life this week. He showed up somewhere and you missed it. We come together to worship, to focus on God's presence. Because by focusing on God's presence each week together, we are more likely to hear God's whisper in our daily lives and see Jesus work in our lives each day. Recognize. The passage also says, give glory. Give to the Lord the glory he deserves. Again, going back to the definition of worship, acknowledging God's worth. Well, if the first step of worship is acknowledging, well, the second part is talking about God's worth. To give to the Lord the glory he deserves. And glory is just quite simply honor or importance. So in a world that doesn't have much use for God, nor a Savior who died for us, we give God glory. We acknowledge his honor and his importance in our lives. God created us. God provides for us. Everything we have comes from the hand of God. And Jesus died for us so that we may have eternal life. And so we worship to give God the honor and the importance that he deserves. And do you know what happens when we don't do that? When we don't give God the honor and importance that he deserves? We will take that honor and we will take that importance that is due to God and we will give it to ourselves. How much credit do you give God for all the things you have? Versus, how much credit do you and I take for the things you have and I have? Who gets the credit? Who gets the honor? Who gets the importance? You see, we worship to give God the glory that he deserves. The passage also mentions the word tremble. Let all the earth tremble before him. And the trembling is not so much out of fear as it is out of awe. Again, awe is simply amazement and respect. And so to tremble 
is simply a reaction to God's presence. God's presence commands amazement and respect. This past Friday was Christmas in the nighttime sky. I don't know how many of you uh, took the time to watch the fireworks that happen every year on the Friday after uh, Thanksgiving. But um, the fireworks show done here every year, and again, fireworks to me are always amazing. I'm always mesmerized uh, by them no matter how many times I watch fireworks, whether it's like this past Friday or on the 4th of July. Fireworks are amazing. And on this past Friday, um, I was over at someone's house who has a great view of the fireworks. And I'm not going to tell you who's home, because then all of you will show up there and it'll ruin the experience for me. So, but it was a great view, great view. And, um, and again, having someone's home to go to is great, because then you can avoid the traffic, you can avoid the crowds. And when it comes to fireworks, really, what is priority number one? Priority number one with fireworks is having a great view. How much time do we take you know, to arrive early and, and set up camp and make sure that we have a great view of the fireworks. Again, whether it's this past Friday or on the 4th of July. Having a great view, it's priority number one. And again, fireworks are amazing. Every now and then, God puts on his own light show in the sky. Thunderstorms. I love thunderstorms. Okay, I'm from the Midwest, grew up with thunderstorms. We don't quite have as many here as we did in the Midwest. But again, the rain, the lightning, the thunder, I just love thunderstorms. But do you know the difference between God's light show, thunderstorms, and fireworks? You see, when God puts on a light show, having a great view is not our number one priority. Our number one priority, when God puts on his light show is safety, right? I want to be safe first, okay? I watch thunderstorms from the safety of my home. If I get daring, I will go on the back porch and watch the thunderstorms from my home, okay? But thunderstorms aren't just amazing. They are powerful. And they deserve and require my respect, you can't just be amazed by a thunderstorm. You must respect its power. God isn't simply amazing. God is powerful. God is awesome. And we worship because that is how we react to God's presence with amazement and respect. The last word I want us to look at in this passage is the word offering, where it says, bring your offering and come into his courts. In the times of kings, when you became before royalty, you brought an offering. It was part of the process of being allowed into the king's presence. Now, the good news for us is that Jesus offered his own life so that we could enter into God's presence whenever we choose to. We don't have to bring an offering to come into God's presence. Jesus is that offering. Jesus paid the price for us, which is great news for us. But yet worship 
in its essence, is an offering. And God wants us to offer a part of ourselves. That's one of the reasons why music and song are common parts of worship. We don't just sing to hear ourselves sing. When we sing, we are giving a part of ourselves. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We're going to have two offerings this morning. The first offering will take place very shortly. It will be our general offering. Sometimes we take a second offering here, and it's our missions offering. This morning, our second offering is not our missions offering. It's going to take place towards the end of the service, and it's going to be an opportunity to offer a part of ourselves. And I want to give you a chance to think about this next question. What do you need to offer up as an act of worship? And let me just give you some options to maybe get some thoughts uh, going. Maybe you need to offer up more time to God, where you devote time to worship, coming uh, to church on a week more common basis, or more often, I should say, or time to study God's word, or time in prayer. Or maybe you need to offer God your troubles, whether it's worries or burdens or fears or insecurities. But basically, when you offer your troubles to God, what you're going to offer is you're offering to trust God, no matter what the outcome of that worry might be. Another thing you could offer is control. You could offer to commit to do something you feel like God's been nudging you to do or to stop doing something you feel like God's been trying to get you to stop doing. Or you could offer service. To offer to serve at TFRC or at the Mustard Seed or some other Christian organization. Or you could offer finances to increase what you give. Or you could offer something else. But what is God challenging you to offer? So I'll be giving more instructions about the second offering when we get to that point. Uh, If you're wondering about the note cards and pencils, that has something to do with that. I'll talk about that later. But be thinking about what you need to offer up as an act of worship. Again, so the first offering will be the general offering, and later in the service, we'll have a second offering where we offer a part of ourselves. Please pray with me. Lord, we come before you this morning, and we ask that you would help us to do the things that the passage calls us to do, to help us recognize you in our daily lives, to give you the honor and importance, the glory that you deserve. Lord, to not just be amazed at your presence, but to respect your presence, to tremble. And Lord, to offer a little bit more of ourselves to you this morning. Lord, we come to worship you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.